You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, yo, welcome to the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's up, Dan Payton? Welcome in to Studio A of our CHGO offices in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is the uh, regular Hulk. Um, wow. Wow, that was said with a lot of excitement, wasn't it? <laughs> the, uh, I don't, I, I don't, wanna, I don't know. Like, is it regular CHGO crew? Because yes. I guess like this is it. This is the CHGO White Sox the, crew, the OG crew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, a Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Vinny Duber and Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Actorwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Um, you know, we have Janice Scurio popping on every now and then. Jared Willis, who was on yesterday, popping on. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, they're, it's a they're, when, when they're on, they're family. our special guest stars. Yeah, and yes. we have Steven. Steven's our, our, our regular, regular guy, too. So. Yeah, just another He's, regular guy, Sean. When was the last time you produced our show, though? It like seems like week? it's few and far between now. I'm not yeah. on here enough, but... Season's about to start. You're going to be stuck with me for 162 games. I miss CHGO Steve. Um, I'm glad CHGO Steve is back on our side. <laughs> um, and ho- howdy, Matthew Lucas. Uh, today, uh, we're going to be talking about ideal rotation for the 2023 White Sox. Uh, obviously, we did the lineup yesterday. If you missed that, go check it out. I want to start not with the rotation, not with anybody who's even going to play with the White Sox in 2023. Um, Jose Abreu hit his first home run of spring training this year. It is spring training. I understand. Um, it is, uh, you know, uh, practice, right? We talking about practice. We're, we're talking about practice. Uh, but I did ask in our Discord to our CHGO diehards, um, do you care uh, about uh, Jose Abreu? Uh, we got four thumbs down and three thumbs up. Um, so it's, you know, not really. People really don't care what Jose Abreu does. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is saying for the 2023 year, not just spring training alone. That's right now, but the 30th of this month, which is 28 days away from here, guys, we're going to be all be like, man, I miss Hose. We're going to see him on the other teams. Like, why is he on that other son of a bitch team? And after that series is over, maybe we'll forget about Jose Abreu and not check the stats. But those four days are going to be Jose Abreu filled. So those people who are thumbs down, I guarantee on that day, they'll be like, man, I really miss Jose Abreu because he did so much for this team. Not only you know, if you want him back on the White Sox, just the person, the player, you'll miss him on the 30th. Yeah, I have a feeling people were answering a different question uh, there, Sean. I think people were probably saying, you know, answering, do you care that he's gone or, uh, you know, would you have wanted him back, that kind of thing. Of course you should care about Jose Abreu. Why wouldn't you care about Jose Abreu? He's one of the best players in team history. He was a a role model for all the other uh, uh, teammates. You should care about him. Thumbs up or thumbs down, do you care about Abreu now that he is on Houston? Obviously, he's a legend, but will you seek out updates? So it's basically, will you seek oh, out, ev- you know? I will, yeah. I think everybody, they're lying to themselves. They won't. I'm just curious. I mean, it's a, it's a White Sox podcast. I, he's a White Sox legend. Like, you know, and all of this team, it has the the white, the, the Jose Abreu DNA uh, all over it. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's he's an important person. But, I, you know, White Sox fans, like, he's not a White Sox. So does it matter no. to you? You know, you just, I'm, I'm curious. You to, didn't to say pull. it, but people in spring training games, preseason games, all the time say it. Well, it's Jose Abreu's first home run with the Astros. No, the fuck it's not. These are practice games. Stop saying it. It's infuriating to me when people say that. It's like, it's not his first home run. It's not his first hit. It's a spring hit. None of this stuff counts. None of it matters. That is correct. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We are talking about practice. (laughs) Um, but I, I do wonder too. There's also uh, Alex brings it up. Uh, the Ewing theory. Uh, if you guys, are you guys aware of the Ewing theory? Uh, Patrick. 
Yeah, Patrick Ewing theory. I know him. I don't know that theory though. Okay. Uh, yeah, the the monsters stole his talent. I know that they did. Yeah. Um. Well, I, and I, I would honestly say J.R. Ewing theory. Uh-huh. I was thinking you were talking about the J.R. Ewing theory <laughs> that this whole thing is a dream. J.R. Ewing. No, Dallas, get up to get up to speed oh, on Dallas. Dallas. Well, <laughs> the only thing I know about Dallas is uh, the the office bit where they play Dallas the board game, and mm-hmm. all I know is Kevin Malone steals money, mm-hmm. and that's Dallas. That's baby. Dallas. Um. So the Ewing theory is from Bill Simmons, and uh, he said it was created in the mid-90s by Dave Sorelli, who doesn't, you know, whoever the fuck that is. Uh, I mean, whoever, uh, a friend of mine who was convinced that all of Patrick Ewing's teams, both at Georgetown and New York, we can probably include the Monstars as well, uh, inexplicably played better when Ewing was either injured or missed extended stretches because of foul trouble. Um, The idea that now Jose Abreu is gone, Maybe this team will be better. Um, I advocated for him leaving all last year. I got my wish. I don't know if they're going to be better. I, I took the under on their win totals, so I don't think they're going to be uh, better without Jose Abreu. Technically, they will be better than they were last year. It was a low bar to clear. 81 wins. This team easily should do. I get what they're saying, and maybe this team is more athletic. This team is more filled out correctly. People are playing their proper positions a little bit more than when Jose's on it. But... This team with Jose Abreu is a better team. But moving forward, they might win the AL Central this year, while last year, while having him, didn't win the AL Central. If you're saying that, yeah, they'll be a better team this year, winning like 87 games. Two cru- crucial elements needed to be in place for any situation to qualify Ewing status. One, a star athlete receives an inordinate amount of media attention and fan interest, and yet his team never wins anything substantial with him. Um, White Sox have never won a playoff series. Two, the same athlete that leaves the team, either by injury, trade, graduation, free agent, or retirement, and both the media and fans immediately write off the team uh, for the following season. Are the White Sox being written off? I mean, we don't think that they're going to win the World Series. They're not being written off because Jose Abreu left. If they are being written off uh, by various folks, it's because they were not very good last year. Um, I would tend to agree with Herb, and I, I might agree with you. Uh, you phrased it a little differently, so I'm not sure if you guys were in, on the same page there or not. I think the White Sox roster is worse than it today than it was at the end of last season. The roster, the healthy roster, you know, it, yeah. assuming everybody's healthy, the roster itself is worse mm-hmm. because Jose Abreu left, but... I think all of those players will play better than they played last year, and that t- and the team will be better than it was last year. But I do not think it will be as good as it would have been had they kept Jose Abreu. And I think also they could maybe call that the uh, Peyton Manning rule. Oh no, yeah, I mean that there's a picture of Peyton Manning on there. Okay, it's like the T Martin. Yeah, yeah, no, he's and he's even in the championships he did win, he didn't play particularly well. There he is. He didn't play particularly well in the, with the Colts when they won the championship, even though they gave it the MVP to him because it was first. And he played like dog crap his last championship he won with the Denver Broncos. So, yeah. Well, uh, these are all from it's an article from two thousand one. Okay. Um, so Grantland. It's, it's like a, it's like a novel. What's that? Is it Grantland? Is it like no, a it's novel? From ESPN. I mean, when he was yeah. writing for page two. Okay, so it's like from 2001. You I mean, remember this is Grantland, pre, though, right? Yeah, but this okay. is like pre Grantland. Grantland too. This wow. is pre 9/11. Bill Simmons. Oof. I mean, this is this is real of the archives. Uh, but uh, Seattle Mariners 2000, after allegedly giving up on the season uh, by dealing their marquee player uh, Griffey, uh, eight months after dealing their marquee pitcher Randy Johnson, uh, the Mariners cruised to an AL wild card berth and shocked the White Sox in the first round. I don't know about um, shock, but yes, they did beat us. But yeah, like there's uh there's there's many different uh examples. But uh I agree. The White Sox roster is worse than on October fourth. Absolutely. Um part of that is something that's not even under anyone's control. It's just life. It's Liam Hendricks not being available probably for opening day. Um like, sure like, I was yeah. talking about no, no, it more like, as if everybody that is signed to a contract is healthy, you know, yeah, this collection well, yeah, right. of players yeah. is worse than the one from the end of last year because Jose Abreu was part of that. And, I mean, you could say Johnny Cueto also. You'd probably prefer Cueto to uh, oh, to Clevenger. Yes. As a person, obviously, yes. As but the I pitcher, mean, too. Shit. The pitcher know. is much better than the other one. I, I, I don't think either of them are guaranteed anything. It's not like, you know, Miami rushed out to get Johnny Cueto. It's not like he made a ton of money. He made less money than Clevenger. Yeah, but he had um, that awesome entrance. He did have the awesome entrance. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I don't know... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. If, if we're just saying strictly based on, I, I, I think Clevenger and Cueto's a wash. 
and then it's really, I guess, just Ben Attendee versus Abreu. So yeah, then I'll take, I'll take Abreu. Um, yeah, so they're they're definitely worse than they were last year. So yeah, I, I don't think it qualifies just because the team's worse. It's yeah, I I, I don't think that they're being written off because you know Correct. Abreu's gone. Right. Uh, so yeah, and Connor, they okay? didn't. They had a broken down Mike Soratka who didn't pitch a pitch after that series ever. You and might want to provide a little context to to folks listening tomorrow. Two, sorry, two thousand <laughs> White Sox team. They're the kids can play team. They were the AL Central champions. Played the Mariners. They lost that series, I think, 3 nothing. It was just uh, bad. Um, they had the starting rotation, I think, Mike Soraka, Jim Parquet, and then James Baldwin. Good that year, but we that wasn't a team that anybody expected to do any type of damage. At least I didn't at the 2000. I was a grown adult at that time, so I was like, nah, this team isn't, isn't it, even though the season was pretty fun after especially the, 2000, the 1997 uh white flag trade, which brought all these players from the Kids Can Play uh, era, like the Keith Falk, the Bobby Howries of the world. So I didn't think they were better than the Mariners. But Carlos Guillen still stepped on home plate when he did that bunt to win the game. At the end of the game, Sean, I don't know if you knew this. No, I, I don't Carlos Guillen did a suicide squeeze where he stepped on home plate. Mm. The winning run scores. You can't do that. Can't no, do you that. can't. They didn't catch it. And they they won the game. And then there you go. So if anyone the series. if anyone brings up AJ Przinsky and the drop third called strike that wasn't a, a, a drop strike at all, it um, all evens out. It all even? evens out in the wash, <laughs> baby. Um, so there you go. Um, I think this is fair too. Uh, shout out to Thomas, uh, who is the first time we've seen uh, uh, him hang out in the chat. Uh, do you think the White Sox will make the postseason this season? Uh, I mean, is, is how, how are vibes? You think it's possible? Fifty fifty? What, what's the I mean, I shot? think I I think I've been pretty consistent since maybe midway through the offseason I I think they'll win the division I, I think they've got the best roster in the division when you when you make these sorts of predictions and projections you don't really predict or project people getting hurt so I, I kind of assume it's based on either all the teams being at full health or dealing with the injuries as we, as I'm talking um, and right now the White Sox are with the exception of, of Liam Hendricks who you mentioned at full health uh, I, I think uh, I think that the the White Sox are. I might even go as far to say far and away the most talented oh, team no, no. of of the three contenders in the AL Central. Um, I, and and I I think I if you're gonna say who's the best, who's gonna win the division, I would say them. Now, do I think they are close to beating the Houston Astros? I don't know if I'd say that, but uh, I think they would make the postseason. I don't know if that equals making noise in the postseason. I got two things. possible though. Minnesota and Cleveland both improved their teams this year. Cleveland, just with Josh Bell, incrementally improved. Minnesota, we saw other improvements. They retained Carlos Correa, get a couple more players. The Saying that the White Sox didn't get it better because of people you've mentioned. Jose Abreu is gone. We don't know the status of Liam Hendricks. It's a lot of uncertainty. Lo losing Johnny Cueto is a big-time uh, minus. Who's gonna be that the best being starter said, too, the White Sox are the most talented team in the AL Central. Does, you know that didn't matter last year. They were the most talented team in the AL Central in 2022. But with health, with better direction, hopefully, with better fundamentals, this team will win more games. And I'm not saying 90 games. I'm winning mid-80s. And remember, you're playing fewer games versus your own division. So Cleveland will win fewer games because it can't feast as much on the AL Central. So I think those teams will come well. Cleveland will come down. Minnesota will be a middling team again. And the White Sox will win six, seven, eight more games than they won last year. Division champions. I don't know. I think I think the Twins are, are better than you guys are thinking they are. I, I think that they might be the best team in the AL Central. I would say the Twins and then probably the Sox and then the Guardians. I do think the Guardians will regress because, again, they were the youngest team to – have that type of success, and you know they added Josh Bell, nice player. Mike Zanino, nice player as well. They have Guardians Magic. I think they'll win about eighty games. I just, I don't know. I don't think the White Sox. I mean, the, the, uh, most predictions are saying that they won't even win over seventy-eight. Who the White Sox? No, yeah, like Pakota. That is that is Zips. That is extraordinarily. Uh, I don't want to say the word biased, but leaning on the results of last year. Yes, and I think that most. White Sox fans and most people who watch this team on a regular basis like myself know that that was not what this team can be. 
Right, but it's like, I mean, hitting your 90th percentile, your 80th percentile, your 70th percentile, it's really difficult. I mean, like, Of course it is, but it's so, difficult for all teams. Right, but, I, yeah. so I... I just I don't know if Moncada's good. I don't know if Grandal's good. I don't know if Robert will ever be healthy enough. I don't know if Tim. A- I mean, Tim said that uh, Ahmed Rosario had a better twenty twenty two than Tim Anderson. He did. I did say that. Um, like, I mean, I don't know. By the way, hello, Marcos. I met him last night at PB and J for the Bulls event. Um, I granted, I'll give you that the White Sox aren't as good as they are last year, but I think that. That's you know, your guy, Andrew Vaughn. The whole article you wrote about him got me hyped about the player. That player taking a step from the negative player he was last year to a much positive player yeah. this year That's and putting words. people in their proper perspective. Yes, and I think Vinny, what Vinny's saying is correct. They're going off of the 81-81 White Sox and thinking that's real. Oh, if that team, if that team shows that's, up again, yeah, they're that's not, not going to lose the division. We don't, <laughs> did we really think that the that record reflected the actual team? No, it but it, it, it just kept happening. They just kept losing. Exactly. And I, and There's I said, no end. And I said the word snake bitten. That's what they were last year. Every time they would get a little momentum, something would happen. Timmy would go out. This guy would go out. That guy would go out. Tony would do something. Everything was messed up last year. And, yes, that shit can happen again, sans Tony, but I don't think it will. That was a very odd, like, not of regular circumstances year for the White Sox. I think this year will be different. I mean, I'll even if you, they get a couple injuries, which they every team will, I don't think they'll be eighty-one and eighty-one. I'll yeah, be better like, than that. I'll ask you, Sean. Like, if you assume full health, which won't happen, but if you assume it, right? Do you think Tim Anderson has a better year this year than he did last year? Well, yeah. Because do you think be Andrew Vaughn yeah. has a better year this year than he did last year? I hope. You think Luis Robert has I'll a better st- year this year than he did last year? I look stupid if Vaughn doesn't. We picked him I'll, as an MVP. Do you think Grandal, you think Moncada have better years than this I, year than they did last I, year? I, I mean, that's the whole team. I don't <laughs> think Grandal and I don't think Moncada do. You think they're just bad? I mean, I think Grandal's hurt, and I think he's 34. I mean, could they I be he's worse got than they were last year, injuries. though? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't they were think all, they can They be all worse. had such bad years yeah. last year. I know. Like, injuries are like, not. Like, they can't be worse than that. And we can, they and can we be, though. I don't think so. And they I could just play less games. They could just suck. I don't if know. they're that bad and play less games, then you're better off not having them on the field, it, it, whether they get injured well, or And then also, too, you're projecting an injury. You're predicting that these guys are going to get injured. That's weird. Yeah, but I also feel, it, but it, I feel like it's, I don't know. I mean, like, it's what have, what have you shown us? Because like, I, like, I think the Twins have a, a, a fine roster. I think their roster is right. good. But, like, well, their biggest move this offseason was keeping a guy they already had and they were worse than the White Sox last year. And to be fair, <laughs> predicting injuries, you know, obviously two different teams said that guy's medicals were like, ooh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even Buxton, their second best player, is, you know, dealing with his own injury their stuff. So, player. I mean, yeah, it could be it could be anybody. He's the um, best player. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it's it's tough to put eggs in that basket because I don't know how how strong the the weaving is. Oh, I good baskets terminology. We're going to have a preview show on, what, the day before 29th. opening day and – we're all going to pick them to win the division. Probably. Just because of, and if nothing happens in spring training, and if they have no uh, bad luck like all the rest of these teams in Major League Baseball are having right now with injuries, I think the White Sox are destined and prone for a good year. And I guarantee that weekend series in Houston, people are going to jump off the ship if they only win one of those games because they expect better. Or we can go back to 2021 and they could lose all four. Oh man, that was terrible. They they weren't even close in the or, no except for the Carlos Rodon game. Maybe it'll be like twenty twenty one where they win the first two and everyone gets super excited, and then the third game it's like oh it was a painfully close game. No, that was, last, the game, no, that was last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, these Evan last Evan they lose twenty three to five. Yeah, could happen. And then they immediately I'm so go excited for baseball. I remember that the happening. It was losing that badly to the Astros, and then they had to go to Cleveland like the next day to make up a game. And we're like, "Oh, this they're going to lose that game." And then they smoked the hell out of the Cleveland Guardians that game, and we were like, "Oh, we're back." Three out of five versus the Cleveland Guardians and the Houston Astros. Well, and Here we go. Poor, poor Vinny too. We just kept asking him, "When is it going to stop?" When is it going to stop, Vinny? When is it going to stop? And he's like, ah, oh, it's a long season. It might turn around. And then middle of the season, Vinny's nope. like, this is the worst roller coaster ride in the history of the world. It just keeps on going straight. Just flat. <laughs> yeah. A little it's not a roller coaster. That's, a like a, that's, one of them kiddie, that's one of them kiddie trains that goes around the zoo. Yeah. Ugh. It's like, um, yeah, never mind. We're going to take a break here. Um, <laughs> it's exciting you. Wow, See, Sean's already frustrated. Was, yeah. I'm, not that, I'm not that frustrated. I was going to go down a joke, and I just I didn't want to. We're, we're all good. We're all good. Corey, we didn't say they're going to think they're going to be better. We, uh, we've all uh, agreed that they're a worse team. 
but they might have a better record than they had last year. That's a, two different things. Yeah, and uh, your point, too, um, that it will be harder for uh, the Central with uh, a more balanced schedule, Corey, I think that you know it would be interesting to watch that play out. Um, it might be different because I know the Central has owned the AL Central, and that's helped their, their record over the past couple, four years. But you know, outside of the AL Central, it's, it's a little bit difficult because you, you have lots a lot of, of scouting re- report. A lot of bad teams out there, though. You know what I mean? You, you can yeah. say, oh, they lost the series against the Tigers, but okay, they get to play the Pirates. You know, you can say, oh, no, they don't get to play uh, the Royals quite as many times as they did before, but oh, there are the, you know, there the are the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, you know, so yeah. yeah. But here's, here's the entire AL East. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it goes both ways, obviously. Yeah. I mean, but they already play the AL East already every right. year. Yes. They are not playing the AL East any less than they were before. Here's the NLD. There yes, we go. There it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gotta let you know about I'm Draft- really good on that. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta let you know about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. They have a ton of fun promos, uh, mainly the NBA No Sweat Same Game Parlays. You can place a three-leg same uh, three-leg parlay, or even more than three legs, uh, up to uh, – $10, uh, wager up to $10, and you can get $10 back in bonus bets if your bet does not hit. If your bet hits, you then get a little bit richer. Isn't that nice? Uh, we also got some MLB bets. Uh, Cody and I were talking on CHGO bets about Aloy Jimenez's home run total. That currently sits at 29.5 over under right now, guys. That's gotta high. Got to be over. Over. I mean, he lost 25 pounds. He possibly lost 30 pounds. He's got to be yeah. over 30 I for would, home runs, I right? would, Yeah, I would say you'd probably have to uh, – Suggest over, but the guy, the guy, the guy didn't get to twenty last year. So it's true, no one did on the White <laughs> no Sox. One did. Um, no one got to eighteen. No, <laughs> just give me a hundred, uh, more than one hundred twenty games. He's going to hit over thirty home runs. Hopefully, That's fingers what crossed. His, what he did his rookie year. Um, but you can go look at that market on DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, and also if you download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code. CHGO minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, got to know about pins and aces. Uh, not going to be the best weekend to golf. Going to be about seven inches of snow in Chicago, but I think it's going to be about fifty the next week. The next day. The next day. So there uh, you go. Saturday it's going to be forty-seven. Jump out on the links on Saturday, and when you do. Check out Pins and Aces. They're the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. Our guy, Steven, we're so happy to have him back on CHGO White Sox. He's our golfer And on Monday, it's going to be like 60. Oh, there you go. You hit the links on Mondays and get tons of compliments on and off the course with your Pins and Aces gear. They're a family-owned golf apparel uh, golf and apparel business, and they make amazing polos, hats, ga- golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve. It's an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag. Thankfully, our beer sponsor, Goose Island, you buy two of the uh, the seven beer or the the, the, the beer sleeves. Uh, they come in a 15 case. You can fit seven in one, seven in the other, one in the hand. There you go. Your 15 beers are taken care of and cold. So check out pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Let's get into the rotation talk here. Um, why don't we first hear from the guys in the rotation. Uh, we're mainly dealing with Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, Michael Kopech, and Mike Clevenger. You're going to hear from Kopech, then Cease, then Giolito about what they think of the rotation, and then we'll jump in on how those guys will be set up and maybe just basically talk about you know how they're projected to do in 2023. But here is Michael Kopech and what he thinks of the White Sox rotation. I see a lot of motivation How long for is this, individually. I see, um, you know, a, a, a bright future ahead for the season to come. I see, um, you know, a, an opportunity for all of us to make each other better. I, I know it may not seem like uh, Dylan and I have, have much to offer a guy like Lance, um, but I, I think nonetheless, um, Dylan having the success that he has kind of motivates all, all of us to, you know, compete, you know, friendly competition amongst ourselves and have have a, a good fifth day every time we take the mound. Um, I think we all know what each one of us is capable of. Um, th- those three guys that you named have all shown it. Um, I, I'm still hoping to show it in the big leagues. Um, but I think nonetheless that, you know, we all we all make each other better. Very exciting. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch our bullpens in our lives. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I think hopefully we uh, we want to bring some stability and some consistency to the team. Um, uh, you know, we got some, some workforces and some alpha dogs out there, so uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. 
Yeah, I think we're, I think the starting group's in a very good spot. You know, obviously I'm in a position where I got a lot to prove coming off a down year last year, but, you know, Dylan Cease, I think, can take that next step and actually win the Cy Young this year. Uh, you know, at close second last year to, to Verlander. Um, you know, Lance Lynn, he's going to do his thing. Michael coming, you know, a nice, fully healthy Michael Kopech that's not dealing with the knee issue now that that's all rehab ready. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we're in a, we're in a very, very good spot. My bad for being uh, loud. Maybe uh, jump the gun before Steven muted my mic there. Uh, yeah, just just wondering how much time we had. Uh, just, another, just another day at the office. Anyways, uh, Vinny, you chatted with all those gentlemen out in Arizona. Um, it seems like the vibe is very confident, and, and, and why wouldn't you be? It seems like all of those guys outside of, of Kopech are accomplished. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think we spent last year – talking about how much pitching was not the problem for this team, right? Uh, whether that was uh, in the bullpen or in the rotation, I think it especially applied to the rotation. And I think that's, uh, you know, you can – We've yet to see what the what all these guys are going to look like in 2023. You know, we'll have to wait till the games get going. But uh, you could make the argument that the rotation is the strength of this team. And I think um, from what obviously what we saw with Dylan Cease, what we saw the last couple months from Lance Lynn, what we saw when healthy from Michael Kopech, and then what we've seen maybe not last year but in years prior from Lucas Giolito, um, this rotation has the ability to be – one of the better ones in baseball, I think. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about that fifth spot as a quote-unquote mystery. I think right now it's set unless Major League Baseball notifies the White Sox otherwise. You know, I think the White Sox have their five guys going into the season, and uh, you can say what you want about the guy who's in that fifth spot. Um, but I think those first four, certainly the the potential to be a, a, a dominant force, really, uh, is there. Cease could be uh, Cease could start the season maybe as the favorite to win the AL Cy Young. Lance Lynn, I mean, he was a top three Cy Young finisher just two years ago. So um, you said on Tuesday or Monday. I mean, he might be prime for a big twenty twenty. Yeah, I think I think Lance is going to have a great season. But uh, yeah, this is this is a very very good rotation, and I think that uh, it, it could be the strength of this team. Lance Lynn, I think in the last three full seasons, not including last year, he was on top uh, 10 on the Cy Young of voting. So we know when he does pitch, and we saw last year, he only got like 21 starts last year. And the beginning of that, those starts were pretty much just breaking in. Remember, he didn't really have a proper spring training because of the lockout, and then he was hurt. And then he had to come back in the middle of the year and pretty much rehab on the mound where he wasn't ready, wasn't the guy that we usually see. And then he turned into Lance Lynn at the end of the year where we're like, okay, that's the guy. That's where we're excited to see that guy in the playoffs if we get there because his legs are, legs and arms are going to be fresh. This year, same thing. His legs and arms are going to be fresh, and he'll have the head start of the WBC uh, pitching. You know, sands the results of today. Again, exhibition game. Doesn't matter what he did today. In the starts that Dylan C started last year, and he got the actual win, every one of them, every single one of those 10 starts, one run or zero runs given up. Every one of them. And the eight losses, there's a couple of those zeros and ones in there. I mean, what is that, Bo Brisky who uh, mm -hmm. outdoodled them? But mostly he got blown up on those. He got crushed on the ones that he got losses. And then well, the 10 it, in the Arizona one, it was 2 1 2. He got beaten by two solo shots. Yeah, and so, and uh, by your guy, Stone Garrett. Um, Gossard. Stone Garrett. Gossard. <laughs> You're doing the, the Pearl Jam guy. Oh, I'm doing the no. actual guy. You thought I was How doing the opposite. Yeah. Oh. Um, it's almost like I was doing it on purpose. What a jerk. What um, but in the 10 starts where he didn't got no decisions, he was filthy. So now it's the next step. How can I stop and prevent the, the blow-up games? Because the 18 starts where he didn't blow up, the team was positioned to win, and he was filthy on those starts. And I see Michael Kopech and all the rest of the people on this rotation feed off of each other. They look to each other. It's like, okay, that guy just went out, pitched seven scoreless innings. I'm going to do eight next day. Well, I feel that's going to be happening with this team, even with starting pitcher number five, Mr. Mike Clevenger. I think he's going to be starting for the White Sox. I might hold my nose while I'm doing it, but I think he's going to be pitching for the White Sox and trying to uh, be part of this group where none of those guys mentioned them right there in that in that clip. But, you know, they have some uncertainty themselves. But I think I have some certainty. That man's going to be starting for the White Sox. Again, uh, well, first off with, with Cease, I thought you bring up a good point with run support. Uh, when zero to two runs are scored, 
2.75 ERA. When three to five runs are scored, 2.57 ERA. When six plus runs are scored, 1.34 ERA in 2022. So he's better when the more runs are scored. Um, and then also you look at the, by the offense. By the offense. By his offense. Yeah, whenever yeah. he gets more runs, uh, the, the ERA went down. Uh, but even then you see the win-loss record, zero to two runs scored, one and three. Uh, and that's still with a 2.75 ERA. Uh, three and five runs to score, eight and four. Six plus runs scored, five and one. Obviously, you score more runs. These are just win games. But, um, you know, Dylan Cease is just so electric and consistent. With Clevenger, um, Pedro Grafal had a comment today. Um, this is from Daryl um, Van Scowen from the Sun-Times. I'm not sure if anyone else had it. But Grafal on Clevenger, whenever that or whenever MLB makes its decision, uh, it is made. But right now, he's in a good spot. He threw the ball really good yesterday. He works his ass off. He's great at pitching fielding practices, uh, and he's diligent with his work. I'm pretty. I'm really happy uh, what I'm seeing here with him so far. Um, so again, and Pedro said, you know, we're we're going under the assumption that he is going to be our fifth starter. Uh, Again, I will be buying tickets on game time, uh, not giving the White Sox money, and I will be going and booing Mike Clevenger if he's in a White Sox uniform. Uh, it is, you know, uh, we're not in a jury. We're not in a courtroom. And, again, the person who made those allegations uh, didn't actually want him to face, like, criminal charges or anything like that. He just wants him to get help and uh, also support for the child. So, uh, again, I'm not in the investigation rooms, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely am not excited that he is the fifth starter, but uh, let's talk about the rotation and how that might line up. Uh, Dylan Cease, number one? Correct. Yep. All right, there we go. Uh, <laughs> number two, uh, it, it seems like Lance Lynn, especially with you know how you feel like he's going to fare in 2023. Yeah, I think, it too, uh, it, it's important to uh, make, make a couple points here in this discussion. Yesterday we did the, the quote-unquote ideal lineup, right? So it's assuming everybody's healthy, who you'd throw out there, you know, to win one game, I guess, kind of thing. Or this would be to win five because they don't pitch at the same time. But um, I think there's there are matchups that you've got to remember. You know, the uh, Pedro Grafol gets to set his rotation two times uh, during the uh, during the season. Once on opening day, and once if the White Sox are lucky enough to go to the postseason. So I think uh, that. You've got to remember that this is a guy who likes looking at that data, and he might be looking at it to figure out who pitches when when it comes uh, to facing the Houston Astros, those four games, to start the regular season. We also know that, from what Pedro has said, it sounds like Michael Kopech is penciled into that number five spot, not because he's the fifth best pitcher in the rotation, but apparently because of the uh, the uh, working back from the injury that he had to do during the offseason. Pedro has said, Pedro told us, uh, won't be ready for opening day, will be ready for the second series, uh, whether that's uh, the first, the home opener against the Giants or the one of the two subsequent games. I'm, uh, he didn't get that specific. But uh, you, you, this is ne- not necessarily what we're talking about in terms of predicting who's going to pitch the first five games of the season for the White Sox. It's just how would you stack them up one through five. I would go with Lance Lynn number two. Um, I think he showed at the end of last season he is still that guy. And I think at the end I – have said multiple times now, I think he's primed for a very, very big 2023. You throw in the health uh, being there and him not having to spend a third of the season working back from injury, and you throw in uh, the World Baseball Classic, which you mentioned, Herb, getting ramped up, getting quicker. Pedro says it's going to benefit guys like Yohan Moncada and Luis Robert Jr. Why wouldn't it benefit Lance Lynn as well, who might already be humming, already in, let's call it, mid-April form by the time early April rolls around? Yeah, I'm going with Lance Lynn as the number two because of um, Lucas hasn't earned it. His bad year last year was not uh, – he wasn't as good as Lance Lynn last year. And uh, Michael, Michael Clevenger with his you know ongoing situation, I would put him as the fourth starter as of right now because of the situation going on with Michael Kopech. But, yeah, that's how I would ro- uh, stack up the rotation with Cease being the clear-cut ace of the staff with people who might be chasing for him for that title at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know we were going to go all the way down the list. I can provide that for you if you'd like as well. But uh, Oh, no, I was just, just going to start at two. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I was going to move to three. All right, move it on. All right, cool. Are you going with Lance, number two, as of, well? Of course. I, I think, I mean, Lucas, just after he you know, didn't have that great of a 2022, um, I don't think it was anything because he's a bad pitcher or anything. Like, I know Luke Stuckmeyer was joking, worst pitcher in baseball like Stephen B. Smith. Um, but, yeah, I think Lance Lynn, especially after a pretty decent 2022, um, and like you said, I mean, 20, 2019, he was a top five pitcher in, in the American League. In 2020, I think he was top three. Uh, in 2021, I think he was top six. Um, he was you know, very, very consistent, and I don't think there was anything wrong 
with Lance Lynn, especially late in the season and World Baseball Classic. I mean, you said it. He seems in shape already. So um, I, I think he's ready to go. And uh, with that new curveball, hopefully he'll be able to take down the Astros. Uh, I know he hasn't had the best of luck, but I think that's the last guy that wants to have another bad outing against the team. He knows that Houston has his number, um, and I don't think he wants them to – to, to have that upper hand again. Well, and here's the thing. You can point out those splits, obviously, and they are what they are. The numbers are what they are. But, like, you think Lance Lynn's scared of the Astros? Because no. I don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't seem to be a guy who's going to back down from any challenge. Uh, you know, you can talk about the numbers and, and stuff like that. Up here, I don't think it matters what those numbers are for Lance Lynn. I think he's going to go after every team the exact same way, um, and certainly he's going to respond to a challenge. You know, he seems like a guy who can – get a little agitated uh, if someone tells him he can't do something. So um, his numbers are maybe not good against the Astros because the Astros are typically quite good. They are quite good again, uh, but uh, if Lance Lynn uh, is, is, is on it that day, then uh, he certainly could could turn that narrative around. Tell me who's good versus the Astros. I mean, that's a really good-ass team. If That's a good team to be a bad player against because they're really damn good so well, it's not good because then that, that's why they've won a lot of world series you know no i'm saying like i know I'm like does it make that, you bad yeah i'm yeah, just saying like <laughs> having a negative mark against the astros ask any pitcher Get like yeah line. yeah exactly we're here too like um, carl's rodan is one that i can say that he didn't have a bad mark against the astros until he got in the playoffs and the astros like all right that's enough so let's see. Uh, versus Houston, we'll see. We'll see who has the lowest ERA. While you look um, that up, do you guys think that Lance Lynn being in the WBC helps or hurts his season, especially at the outside of it? Helps. Yeah, I just think I think you get into a rhythm. I think you get into a rhythm way quicker. Um, we saw what happened last year when he didn't have a regular spring training. Uh, you know, it took him a long time to get back to being who he was on a regular basis. I think this just gets you. Gets you warm quicker, so to speak, for the opening uh, for the opening season. Now, obviously, could add some innings too, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe we get to July, August, September, and they're like, you know, why, why don't why don't we skip this one? That's Lance, my only You know what I mean? Right why don't we skip this one to just to keep you a little fresh? But um, you know, he's Mister. Come get the ball. You can't come get the ball from me. You're gonna have to rip it out of my hands. So um, I, I don't think that. Uh, I think from a him standpoint, very specifically, it definitely helps. Yeah, Agreed. three, three of. Uh, I do, I do think it helps. I, I think you know, there's nothing really I can add on. I mean, I don't think. No. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, it's right now that he's, you know, three innings pitched, four earned runs against the Rockies in spring training. That doesn't, you know, I, I'm not too worried. It's just about getting work in. Yeah. Um, but there are four pitchers since 2017 who have made five starts against the Astros with an ERA lower than three. You guys want to name them? Say that again. Four pitchers. Four pitchers. Yeah. An ERA under three versus the Astros. Who have made at least five starts. Ooh. Um, Garrett Cole was on the Astros. I don't know if he faced them, and I would say Garrett Cole. He's not good. I got a good, I got a guess. Chris Bassett. No. Ooh, I thought that was going to be a good I one. like you bringing up Chris yeah. Bassett. Though. Would Carlos Rondon make it on that list? Um, I don't know if he pitched enough. No. Oh, here's one for you. Lucas Giolito. No. Ooh. Luca, Lucas with a 6-2-1 oh, ERA. Yeah, very good exactly. at all. He did Shohei. start against in the in the 23-5 to five one. Shohei Otani? Um, no. That's a good guess. I mean, are any Ohtani, of these pitches that we know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sean Manaya. Otani, 3-47. Um, Manaya. No, he's oh. bad. I don't okay. know where he is, though. Cease. No. Um, We're guessing AL West pitchers and members of the White Sox. Garrett Richards. James oh, there's Paxton, a, there's an AL West pitcher. Corey Kluber, Kyle Gibson. Okay, yeah. AL West guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, um, real quick before we hit the ad break, uh, I'll address Sean in the comments. Uh, he says, "I think you are very one-sided on the topic, and you should keep bias out of the way, especially during a podcast." All love. Um, I don't know what during a podcast means. Um, it's, it is, is a ex- White Sox topic. And it's exactly when you should be my giving your bias on a podcast. I'm not, it's not serious. Again, like this is a podcast. Come on now. I, I don't think that you know the girl's going to be found of 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 fraud. Uh, that's not really a thing right now. It's not even a criminal investigation. It seems like um, it's also not a random woman. Uh, this is someone that he had a child with. Uh, I don't think this is just bullshit thrown on a page. It just might not be enough for the MLB to suspend him for games. Um, I, you can have your own opinion. I don't care if you have your own opinion. I don't care if your di- opinion differs from me. My opinion is my opinion. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't you know, if yours is differs, that's fine. You can have your own, you know, thoughts. Eric Michael said he's going to boo him on opening day. Yeah, probably. I don't like that he's on the White Sox. 
I think it's I think it's really stupid that they signed him. They've kept him around, and they might have their hands tied in this entire situation. Like we knew, uh, like we've brought to the podcast the first day, we said that they didn't know um, that we've went to MLB agents, talked to them, and it's in line with what Rick Hahn said that they didn't know or likely didn't know when you know he was signed. So, do I think the White Sox went out and signed a a, a bad person on purpose? No, I think they have their hands tied. I think it's a, a it's difficult a situation. At the end of the day, I hope the woman is taken care of. I hope the child is taken care of. And I hope Mike, if he does have all the things that, you know, if he does have, uh, you know, a, a drug abuse problem, I hope he gets help. Like, I don't, I don't want this situation to get worse. I would like it to get helped. And if it gets helped, great. Um, maybe I am taking it a little bit too far by saying I'm booing him on opening day. We're about 29 days away. Maybe I'll feel a little bit different. But right now, it's not a good situation. And I don't like it. And I'm going to say that on my podcast. And if you feel differently, feel free to. Um, Speaking of Chris Bassett, DraftKings pick of the week. Boom. Um, 70 to 1 to win AL Cy Young. I think that's a pretty good uh, uh, value. Uh, Michael Kopech's at 50 to 1. Um, I think he's going to have a pretty good season. We'll get into that uh, after the ad break here. But uh, Chris Bassett, 70 to 1. I just think that's pretty damn good. Uh, pitching in the AL East, going up against the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rays. There's going to be a lot of uh, focus on those games, especially in a very tightly contest, contested AL East, and he might be the best pitcher on that Blue Jays staff. So uh, two I'll guys go with, I think are better. I'll go, I'll go with Chris Bassett. I, I think that, hey, you know, uh, Manoa is very good. Uh, Kevin Gosman's very good, but Bassett's got a very deep uh, golf bag to, to pull out of. Blue Jays going to win the AL East this year. Oh. Uh-oh. Look at you. How do you feel about the Blue Jays? I feel really good. I mean, uh, our previous show is not here, but I'm going to probably pick another Blue Jay to win the MVP. Vladito, so I'm high on the Blue Jays too. They have a, a deep rotation, great uh, starting uh, uh, nine, and they just traded Tiasco Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez like, oh, get off our team. <laughs> they just, they're still good. I wish you could just trade a good outfielder and still maintain your sta- your status in a really tough division. Um. Yeah, and if you uh, do want to check out the market, check out uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Uh, bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Um, also want to let you know about ComEd. Uh, ComEd uh, is powering uh your neighborhood, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy, uh, manage energy usage and lower energy bills. Now into the future, ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost effective than before so visit comet.com slash powering biz that's comet.com slash powering b-i-z now to start saving money and energy and to start a project contact us at 1-855-433-2700 for more information email business ee at comet.com uh, also let you know about rotowire uh, if you are looking to uh gets an edge on your fantasy baseball draft or on your fantasy baseball league. It is baseball season. Get the latest fantasy baseball news from Rotowire, a pioneer in fantasy sports for over 25 years. They offer clean sheets, custom player rankings to fit all league, whether that's rotisserie leagues, points leagues, 10 cats, 30 cats, etc. And their experts analyze all those wild baseball stats for you, like weighted runs created plus, barrel rate, sleepers, and all those important prospects that might be coming up if you are uh, a league that drafts first-year players. They also have mock drafts, ask the expert functions, and premium fantasy draft kits. So again, you can have the leg up over your league. You have access to fantasy stuff, DFS stuff, and sports betting articles as well. And it's not just baseball, it's fantasy advice on everything from golf, soccer, NASCAR, and XFL. For a limited time, Roto- RotoWire is offering a free two-day trial for our listeners. Just go to rotowire.com chgo to register. No commitments. They are so confident that, they'll like, that you'll like the product and want to invest in a subscription plan that they don't even ask for a credit card up front. So take a peek behind the paywall, and when your trial is done, you could decide if, RotoWire, if a RotoWire package is right for you. Again, that's rotowire.com chgo. Let's get into third, Giolito. Uh, what do we make, Lucas? I mean, is it going to be a, a, a year like 2021, 2020? in 2019 or is it going to be more like 2022 in 2018 i think giolito is poised for a bounce back year maybe not the top of where he's been in his career but somewhere in between 
where he was last year and where he was at 2021. Um, where people said that he was not good because of the early struggles he had, but then came back and had a pretty solid year in 2021. Remember, it's a walk year, so he needs to post. He needs to actually show rest of Major League Baseball that he can pitch and pitch like he did back in the day. I don't know if he's regained his velocity where he's up in the 90s. I don't know if the changeup's still the thing, but you know, all the pitchers, all the staff are talking about, man, I learned this from Lucas. When I need to go in and get a changeup, I ask to talk to him. He said that. We've heard that from Michael Kopech. So maybe his uh, changeup's back into rare form. So I'm expecting him to just to be a middle of the rotation pitcher, which is not where I expect him you know, a couple of years ago, but he's coming back from a long slog and he had a lot of injuries last year where that caused him miles per hour. Now, if you can get back to the mid mid nineties fastball and pair that with a high fat, a high changeup sky's the limit for the cat and the sliders coming around. Yeah. When I think of Lucas Giolito, I usually have talked about it. And I spent a lot of last year talking about it. The things that he has done in the past, the things that he has showed in the past, that he can be that guy that can take over a game, that he can dominate uh, opposing lineups. Um, I think he still has that in him. And I think you can look at last year. You can't quite yet say until you get some results in 2023 exactly, you know, was that a fluke or was that a sign of things, more things to come? But I think when you start stacking up the things that went against Lucas last year or the things that he had to work against last year, it's things that he's not dealing with right now, right? I mean, it is a weight gain in a year where the White Sox were not able to talk to him and interact with him and tell him what he should be doing, right? A very strange uh, situation with the lockout. Uh, he currently does not have any injuries. Last year, the oblique. Last year, the, the COVID. I mean, really early in the season, threw off threw him off for the whole rest of the year. Um, now, he was working with Ethan Katz all year last year. You would like to think that those two working together, maybe they could have figured out a way to, to, to get him back on the horse last year. But hey, at least now, he's got a full clean you know you always talk about a, wanting to give a reliever a clean inning right. right now you've got you're giving Lucas a clean season to start with with no health issues back to as he put it a weight that he was when he was having a lot of success so if he's feeling physically like he did when 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 he was at his best maybe he can be at his best again I would like to believe in the power of an offseason working with Ethan Katz, the guy who resurrected his career the first time around. Why Why would you bet against him being able to do it again? It's a large year. It's a big year. year begins with a C. Contract year. UFA yes. as well. Do, so, not, do not underestimate the power of the contract year. No, and we oh. know that that man is a professional. He likes his money. Yeah. You know, he's uh, he, he likes to get compensated, and that was always back to when his professional career started. Yeah, he's not going to take a dime less than he thinks he deserves. Mm-hmm. So and he shouldn't. So yeah. he should be having the performance this year that matches the money that he thinks he deserves. Yeah, and hey, uh, if that, that is, you know, he puts that out, he'd probably be in Carlos Rodon territory of 170, 150. Um, you know, it, it is a huge year for him because if he has – 350 or below and he finds that slider we already know that the fastball and changeup can be deadly when he's healthy um if he's touching 95 has a slider has those three pitches he's absolutely getting 150 and wasn't in this offseason working on the curveball too i mean i know he spliced it in there a little bit last year but he would shelf it really quickly from what i know is just that that was a field pitch for him and usually that helped him set up other pitches um but it's a bad pitch so I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't work on the curveball because it's, it's not good. Um, <laughs> sliders are most important. Sliders have obviously been the most uh, dominant pitch last year in 2022. Um, I think that's the most important thing for him, um, especially because, you know, what we know about breaking balls is when they're over 85 miles per hour, that's when you start getting those great results. If it's a breaking ball under 84, it's kind of worthless. Um, you know, it's, it's not really to your advantage. So I don't really think Lucas's curveball is anything of, uh, to write home about. So Focus on those three. I think he's, I think he's in a better spot there. But I, I think just with his potential to reach 2021 level or 2020 level, he'll be our three pitcher. Um, then we'll go to Kopech. I thought you shared this in the Discord, uh, the White Sox mic'd up bullpen session of Michael Kopech's fourth bullpen and Yasmani Grandal and Ethan Katz just raving about Kopech. It was like I've never seen people gush so much for – it looked phenomenal. Like, I don't know how it is to catch a changeup that is devastating. It looked like those guys were like, man, you are on your game in the fourth bullpen you've thrown 
in this soft season. It's just amazing. And so him, Yasmani Grandal, and Ethan Katz are just – you know, in sync right now. And you did a couple analysis with a video where you said that uh, Yasmani caught that game. It was really Sebi, right? On the August yeah, 1st I game. So where he was throwing more curveballs and more change-ups and such like that. It but, was just curveballs. So Yasmani said, like, you know, remember that day that we started throwing that curve? And then I started looking at all the games Michael threw a curve when Yasmani kept caught. And I thought it was August 1st where he threw 15, but Sebi ended up catching the game. So I have no idea what even game well, Yasmani's referring to. Well... Just because Yasmani didn't catch him doesn't mean Yasmani didn't know about it. Which is and, I, also and I, I think yeah. I think uh, you know I, what I tweeted today about that video was, hey, get excited about Kopech because the the guys who know what they're talking about are are, are loving what they're seeing. Right. Uh, but a nice little window into what Yasmani is and has been for this team. I mean, a lot of people look at the uh, uh, the offensive numbers from last year, uh, the anecdotal uh, uh, defensive issues that he had last year which were obviously very closely tied to his health um and 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 make up their mind on the guy uh, i mean sean you talked earlier in this show about uh, uh, your thoughts on where he might be in his career um but what you don't see and don't hear about quite as much is his work with this pitching staff and i think there are numerous guys uh the one that certainly jumps out to me is dallas keichel uh who have said I came to this team because I wanted to work with Yasmani Grandal. I'm excited to be on this team as a pitcher so I can work with Yasmani Grandal. Um, this guy is very smart. He's very involved in the game planning. He's very much involved with turning some of these young pitchers into what they can be. Yasmani Grandal brought up this spring, how two, how what was it, last spring, two springs ago, he told everybody that Dylan Cease was going to be a Cy Young candidate. And he said, you all laughed at me then, and now look where he is kind of thing. I mean – uh, Grandal has been kind of on the ground floor here of turning Dylan Cease into Dylan Cease, of turning Michael Kopech into Michael Kopech. That's the hope of helping, you know, shepherd all of these young guys along. Uh, there are names in the bullpen who certainly uh, uh, count uh, in that category as well. So, um, you know, don't discount uh, the importance that Yasmani Grandal well, has to this team, even if it doesn't show up in the box. And Pedro said he's going to catch a ton too. Yeah, and in that clip, you could talk, you hear those guys say, you're pitching. You're not throwing, you're pitching. And that's the main thing I had about Michael Kopech last year. He's got to, you know, sometimes rely on the actual stuff to win games. And now it looks through their lenses. They're like, no, you're pitching now. This is, this is the well, maturation you're going through. You're actually dealing not with your stuff, but you're actually using the pitches to get hitters out instead of blowing them back even, with a – with 100 mile per hour fastballs. Even Yen Yaz said that he he hadn't he had, I don't know why I said Yaz like that. Um, Yaz. He hadn't Yaz. seen that Dallas Keuchel right there. He hadn't see, he hadn't <laughs> seen a change up like that since his first spring training, which would have been 2020, and we know Kopech didn't even pitch in 2020. So, and he said the sh- the slider was sharper. Um, so I, I don't know. I think that a lot of it is just health with Michael Kopech. Like when he was good early on in the the year, first 10 starts with a 194 ERA, it was because he was healthy. Um, a big part of it is just the sharpness on that breaking stuff. The slider and the curveball were flat when he went to the, the went to a starting role. His fastball was one of the best. It was ninth in all of baseball last year at, with a minimum of a thousand thrown. Um, and he's in elite category. If he works on a changeup that's ninety plus a power change, he's going to be in Degrom and Alcantara uh, status with the ability to throw a dominant fastball like that and a changeup at ninety one. So like. That could be a huge development for him. So it doesn't need to be specifically like a slider, a curveball, a changeup. He just needs to find consistency, and he needs to find health. And that's something that he talked about was being healthy, getting a full year in. He is aiming for 180, 200. Um, we've said if he pitches 32 games and at six innings or five innings a piece, he'll be at like 160, which would be awesome for the White Sox. It's like it really is – the ceiling is the roof for Michael Kopech, and it is all dependent on just – his health, and it's all dependent on how much consistency he can find. Because it feels like the maturation process has been there. It feels like Dylan Cease went through it, and he was able to just focus on the next pitch, the next batter, and get that guy out in 2022. And if Kopech's able to do that and he has all the health behind him, I feel like he's got the stuff behind it as well to get the job done. Like, he could be the best fourth starter in all of baseball if he is healthy. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, people want to slot these guys in. Okay, you need you need a one, two, three, four, and five. Well, really what teams would like to have is five ones, right? And yes. uh, while that is very unlikely, that very rarely occurs, we have now 
talked about four guys who either are already or have the potential to be top of the rotation pitchers. And it, you know, that status of a top of the rotation pitcher, there's only five spots. So not everybody can be at the top of the rotation, but if they can all have the caliber of year of a top of the rotation pitcher, you're talking about a team that not only can uh, power its way to a division championship, but in my opinion, nothing matters more come playoff time than having four fantastic starting pitchers. The White Sox are lined up with the capability. You've got to see it play out, yeah. but the capability to have four fantastic starting pitchers. Yes, he was. Yeah, and you know uh, we can go to the stack graphic that I have here because um, it kind of in 2021 they got that. They had Carlos Rodon, yes. they had Lance Lynn, they had Lucas Giolito, they had Dylan Cease. Um, and even then, Cease, you know, really only turned it on until May. Um, he was horrible in April. There was thoughts of, in 2021, for Dylan Cease to go back down to AAA. Uh, so, like, even if Michael Kopech comes up... I don't know who those thoughts were coming from. Not anybody on the team, certainly. <laughs> oh, yeah, so you, you just wanted to see it. But he was really... <laughs> no. He had, in the first four starts of that year, he had the lowest first strike percentage in like all of baseball and it wasn't even close. It was like 38% and like the next lowest was like 44%. No, sure. He couldn't throw I, a first strike to save his life. I understand what you're saying. My point, I want to, I want to uh, differentiate between Sean thought they should and there were actual talks hey. that it might happen among in by the team. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to go to tr- the, the stat graphic here, uh, there's innings pitched in four, F4. Um, in 2019, they had 832 and a third innings pitched in 10.2 F4 from their starters. In 2020, 287 and two thirds innings pitched, 3.9 F4 from their starters. 2021, 855 and a third innings in 19.6 F4 from their starters. In 2022, 861 and a third innings uh, in 12F4 from their starters. I think a lot of people will be surprised that. You know, they ended up getting 10 more innings uh, in 2022 than they did last year. Part of that also Johnny was... Cueto. Um, well, and, and I think they, Johnny Cueto, but they also just, like, were kind of... Well, doesn't make any sense. Um, felt like they were ending games sooner in 2021. There was just less innings to pitch. You know what I'm saying? Does that make yeah, any the, sense? Yeah, no, I, not really. Team, no, no. Yeah, I was about to say. Like, I was, it was coming out of my mouth. I kind of know sense. what you mean. Like, they are, had more wins in, the, in 2021, so they can go to the bullpen earlier. They were kind of, like, stable. Like, yeah. they had to go with the starters more in 2022, and Johnny Cueto helped that a big time because he would pitch seven, eight, nine innings from time to time when he was out there. So I understand that games are hotly contested in 2022 and 2021. There were a little bit more blowouts, so you wouldn't want to have your starter out there for seven innings because it would, didn't matter. Uh, and two, uh, the, the quality was obviously a lot better in 2021. Uh, you maybe not want the, the quantity per se. You just want that, the, the, the quality. But um, I don't think the White Sox would be against quality or quantity. Um, you know, I, I'll take them works. both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be nice. Uh, the fifth guy in the rotation then is, is Mike Clevenger. Um, I, I just real quick, I do want to get to Sean's comment. Uh, and, again, it's like the Patrick Kane thing. Uh Chicago might have forgotten him, for, forgiven him, but like I, I said this before on the podcast, that you know, there's a lot about that whole case that just made me uncomfortable to be a, a Hawks fan, and that was the, my end of a Blackhawks fandom. So I'm not all of Chicago. My opinion's going to differ. Sorry if that if if yours differs from that. Uh, I don't know if Mike Clevenger is my favorite White Sox ever. I'll tell you that much. Like you know, there's there's a lot of people who hate Leury Garcia for just being on the team. Well, Mike Clevenger, you know, I I I don't know if he's he's the best person around. Um, so I'm not really thrilled that he's the fifth starter. But it seems pretty clear that if you know he is not going to be stopped from playing by the MLB, if he's going to you know be able to participate in spring training and uh, further on, and the MLB finds nothing with this investigation, it seems like he's their fifth starter. For a fifth starter, if we're going to talk about this, he was mid last year for the San Diego Padres. Mid four, to, four ERA. He says coming off of Tommy John, his second Tommy John, just working through some things. In the playoffs, got roasted by the Mets. I didn't like the signing before all this stuff came out. But for a fifth starter, Mike Clevenger is fine. It's nothing special. I think that the White Sox believe they can recapture Cleveland Indians, Mike Clevenger, when he was at the top of the rotation, doing work in 2018, 19, etc. I think the guy's a knucklehead. I don't like, as a fan, rooting for somebody I might think is a, is a bad person. Blame me or not, I don't care. Because I don't want to have to look at this guy and say, mm, is, he, is he on my favorite team? 
oh, did he do it? Did he or did not do this? I don't want to do that. Just give me a person with a clean record. Bring Johnny Cueto back. Should have brought Johnny Cueto back, even though I didn't want him back because I thought repeating the performance from last year would be a hard task this year. But they chose early to sign that also, man. Real quick, no one booed Larusa because of DUIs. That's just not true at all. People booed Tony Larusa because of DUIs, and I did. You, literally, the, when the all that news came out, that was, you, that was the you, first. The first you were very vocal about that. when we were doing Locked on Socks. The words I said was "f off." Uh, literally, and part of that was DUIs, and Chris Tannehill went a little bit harder than I. But the player, he'll be fine, I think, but he won't be anything special. That's my thoughts on Mike Clevenger. The juice is not worth the squeeze of Mike Clevenger. It's a flyer. Uh, it's a flyer uh, with, you know, obviously a lot more uh, – a lot higher stakes than, than a flyer like they took on Johnny Cueto because they have – deemed this person their fifth starter, right? They, they This isn't a, hey, Johnny Cueto, let's see what you got left and maybe we'll, you'll make your way up here, you know, if we need you kind of thing. Uh, they have decided this is the guy for the fifth starter spot, but it is still a flyer, right? I mean, it is them hoping that they can get the performance out of him that he has had in the past, not, uh, and, and hoping not that it is what it was last year or, uh, you know, in that, in line with that kind of thing. Um so it, there really seems to be an equal level chance that he does bounce back, that the, in, the injury might have been uh, uh, affecting that, and that he could return, again, not to top of the rotation status, but return to effective starting pitcher status. There is a chance that he continues along the same lines as he did a season ago in San Diego. So um, that is all wait and see. And uh, it looks like that uh, – we will see. It looks like, uh, you know, the White Sox are operating that he is the fifth starter and part of this rotation until they are told otherwise. So uh, I would I would get ready for uh, that opening series against Houston because it looks like he's probably going to be pitching one of those four games unless there is a dramatic change uh, uh, from Major League Baseball. He's had four seasons with 100 more innings pitched, uh, 2017, 2018, 2019 and 2022 only one of those uh, more than 130 innings and that was 2018 last year just basing it strictly on era and innings pitch which is dangerous can be misleading but i i would say it's just fair enough uh to compare him and kopech because kopech pitched 119 and one-third innings kopech or uh, clevenger pitched 114 and one-third innings uh kopech's era was uh i think it was 357 uh clevenger's was 433 um so just Michael Kopech last year, same amount of quality, was worse. So I think it's fair just to put Clevenger at the five spot just because there's, there's not a lot of proven qualityness to uh, a pro- proven commodity to Mike Clevenger. Um, there's been a really good season in there, a 302 ARA, 200 innings pitched in 2018. But outside of that, um, you know, it's, it's been it's a while back. kind of lightning in a bottle. Yeah, it's a, a little bit and of with a flash him, pain. too, he can't be doing the happy feet as much. I think they've, they've locked that down. We've seen uh, pictures of – we haven't seen him on the mound yet, and so we haven't seen his wind-up or his stretch. That might have an effect on how he pitches, his, uh, he pitches this year because that's a thing that he's probably done for a while. So, um, I don't know. Probably some mid-performance from Mike Clevenger this year. So, I'm not too excited about the player either. But I mean, there have been there have been plenty of rotations throughout baseball where the fifth starter is a let's say squeaky wheel in terms of performance throughout the whole season, and as long as the other four guys, you know, are are awesome, you're gonna and again that you would rather that it didn't rely on that, right? You would rather that all five guys were good, right. but there there are plenty of examples throughout baseball history of of rotations where. That fifth spot might not be settled throughout the entire year, but you get to October, you don't need it anymore, and all and your rotation right. is is elite because your top four guys got you where to where they got you. Right. I mean, it, come August, July, maybe the White Sox see that fifth spot as a, a place to upgrade at the trade deadline. And speaking also, of five yes. guys, I don't know if you guys have had it, the grilled cheese Ugh. with the uh, burger inside no, of it. So Mercy. They, I That's went, called a patty melt, Herb. But it's no onions. It's a actual <laughs> yeah. grilled cheese. So it's worse. Then it has a, a patty in it. That's what a patty melt is. No, 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 no. Not like, it's like you have a grilled cheese, and then you put those two grilled cheeses, and you put a burger inside of there. Oh. No onions. No you don't on- need an onion to be a patty melt. I a patty melt is. is just a burger with toast or with toast instead of a bun. But this is the actual grilled cheese, though. 
It's delicious. It's the only thing of Five Guys that's worth getting. Are they, are they a sponsor? No. no they're not a sponsor. It's very terrible otherwise. Well, and I, I also like, was ru- ruined by uh, an experience there. I went to get a fountain drink. You know, I had a, obviously, I got a meal as well. But a I went soft to, drink? I got, I got a soft drink, uh, and uh, it was so flat. I mean, it, you just, it was just brown water. Um, which is worse than clear water, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I would rather have yes. clear water than brown water. <laughs> yes. You can so, say that again. Yeah, <laughs> you can say that again. Um, and, and two, like, you know, uh, the point of Clevenger's a fi- solid five starter. Looking back at the pitching market, uh, Cueto ended up getting less. And, you know, I, th- I think that we really were uh, pleased with his performance. He's, he's obviously a vibe. Um, so it would have been nice to see him back. Um, and I also am just thinking about Noah Syndergaard as well, who ended up signing for only a million dollars more um, about two weeks later. Uh, but he's pumping 96 in Dodgers camp. He's a fifth starter for the Dodgers. Pretty good. Has a better pedigree. Um, probably would have been worth the, the, the million dollars more than Clevenger. So, better, um, better show lettuce, too. He, he be, Much he better, better hair. Yeah, he, he better. Yeah, and funnier, too. On, you know, he's, he's, got a, he's got a good wit to him. Um, so, you know, Clevenger's really got to prove himself. And, and if he's not, I mean, you know, the White Sox don't have to worry about cutting him for, you know, the, the personal reasons. If he's bad at baseball, they could just cut him. So we'll, we'll see what happens. He could also be good. Um, there's a lot of different ways, and we'll just have to see how it plays out on the mound. Uh, that's going to do it, though, for the ZHGO White Sox podcast. We'll be back on Sunday. We'll be live, um, I believe, at 4 p.m., so make sure you join us then. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber, and he just has uh, – he just recently wrote an article today up at allchgo.com. Talk a little Jake Berger. Uh, Hanser Alberto mentioned in there? No Hanser Alberto mm. mentioned in there, but hey, if this uh, becomes a weekly thing, a little roundup of the top stories from spring training, Hanser Alberto might find his way in there next week. Three for three. Stay tuned. With a double and a triple. Stay tuned for Hanser Alberto content. Let's go. And a good clubhouse guy, too. Six total bases. And he could be the Lurry killer, too. Mm. White Sox fans will love Hanzo oh Alberto. Um, but make sure you check out Vinny's article at allchgo.com. That is free to read for everybody. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at actnorrell 23 He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing the show. And we'll talk to you on Sunday. Go Sox.